We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. There is no greater love than this, John 15, 13, thereabout, than that a man will lay his life for his friend. Romans, for a righteous man, maybe one will die. But God revealed his love to us in this way, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you when you did not realize you needed saving. Oh, somebody didn't hear what I said. You didn't know that you needed to be saved. How can a lost person know they're lost? If you know that you're lost, then you're not lost. I mean, there are men in the house. Talk back to me. Yeah? If you know that you're lost, you're not lost. You are found at the point that you realize you were lost. Hello? So you, it could have been by your making that you realized you needed to be saved. Because you were lost. Hello? But the love of God reached you while you were yet a sinner and drew you out of it. So Romans 8 says, what shall separate us? Not from our love for God, sir, but from the love of God. God's love for us. So in this is love, not that we love him, but that he first loved us. Worship is a love affair. Tell your neighbor, worship is a love affair. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, worship is a love affair. <laughs> Tell the person on the other side, only lovers worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that, that tells you, therefore, that you cannot come before God's presence and measure your worship based on how your neighbor is doing it. Your love factor might be different. Hello, is anybody hear what I'm saying? Your love factor might be different. You see someone and you barely, you barely notice them. Somebody else sees them from a distance and starts running to hug them. Talk to me, somebody. Because the love factor is different. So, uh, it, 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 you, can't, you, you be doing a great disjustice to measure or reduce your worship based on how the person around you is worshipping. Uh, worship is a love thing. Only lovers worship and when have you have you have you there's this phrase that let me know when you have that song i want to sing it with understanding there's this phrase we use a lot around here in africa and i wonder why we've if we've ever sat down to think about it you heard the phrase i just saw her or i just saw him and i fell in love and my question is why don't you ever stand in love why don't you sit in love why are you falling? Uh-huh. You know how we use phrases? We don't ask ourselves why. I, I, I couldn't help myself. I just, I just fell in love. Why didn't you walk in love? After all, the Bible says, walk in love. So when you saw the lady, why didn't you walk? Why did you fail? And here's the answer. Because falling connotes letting go 
absolutely with reckless abandon that's why when somebody falls in love all of a sudden the person you love comes before airtime the person you love comes before food the person you love comes before school fees all of you are looking at me funny I've done it and she kept collecting all the things that my falling was bringing and when it was time to stand in the love in which I had fallen the lady ran from the love took a while for my heart to heal but the point I'm making here is love makes you vulnerable did you hear what I said? you are not thinking straight again that's why it's called a falling are we making sense? now the devil did not calculate that at some point in our mess God will look at us not be able to do without us anymore and will fall in love with us so God falls in love with you and God goes nuts and according to Hebrews he sends Jesus to be the firstborn of many brethren I love you so much nothing can separate you from my love for you and, and, and how else can I prove it but to die for you John 15 greater love has no man than this are you understanding what I'm saying so when you realize that then you, you realize that the entire walk with God is a walk of love and it liberates you to love because in love you become God in the earth oh Jesus help me God does not just love God is love do you understand the difference God is love. God has wrath. But God is not wrath. God has anger. But God is not anger. And his anger is but for a moment. And since I stepped into the cross, God can't be angry at me anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? He can't. But all these things are attributes of God that God is not necessarily embodied. But love is God and God is love. That's why according to Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Now the greatest of this, 1 Corinthians 13, of, 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 of all these ones, the greatest, the three are love, joy, love, hope and peace. But the greatest of these is love. Oh, master, master, what, what is the greatest commandment? Thou shalt love. Before that, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy strength thy heart thy might and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself it doesn't stop there Jesus goes on in the next verse in the next line of the same verse to say on these two do all the law and the prophets hang that means everything Genesis to Revelation has been trying to show you sir is love but service you understand what I just said? Jesus said, the greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God and then love thy neighbor as thyself. He doesn't stop there. He says, in this, on this hang all the law and all the prophets. In other words, everything the law was trying to bring out, everything the prophets were trying to say is love the Lord, love your neighbor. Love God, 
love people. So the entire thing is about what? Love. And the reason why we struggle, please sit, please sit. It's okay. The reason why we struggle with our worship is because we have not come into the love factor of it. Let me say this. As a man, the day you can feel for God the way you feel for a woman, that's the day your worship began. Men, amen. Men, amen. Answer like men, amen. And sisters, if you don't find a man that God tickles, you are going to be in trouble. He will not be a good husband to you. Because for a man to be a good husband to a woman, he has to be a good wife to God. Ephesians 5. Paul is speaking about marriage. And I said this, was it last week? Was it here or was it in my Bible study? I told my guys, I think it was here. I said, the entire story of marriage, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Yeah? That entire discourse in, in Ephesians 5 has got nothing to do with man and woman. Because in the end, verse 31, Paul says, I, I know that this marriage thing is a mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So it wasn't about man and wife. It was God instituting marriage between man and a woman to mirror the relationship he expects to have with his bride, the church. So it's because of God's love that he wants to show you that he brought marriage into play. So that if you can understand marriage in the natural, you can understand your relationship with God in the spiritual. Ah, my God. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? He said, because I, I speak concerning Christ. Go back verse 31 this means you have, you have typed the songs right you have typed the songs go back to 31 for this reason shall a man leave his father his mo and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh next verse this uh, this referring to marriage this referring to a man leaving his father and mother joining to his wife and becoming one flesh this referring to a man loving his wife as Christ loved the church and give him himself for her that he might present her to himself a bride without spot or wrinkle right previous verses this woman submitting to your husband's ass unto the Lord this is a but so what was the marriage all about answer it is in your Bible what was the message about well you know see how we have majored on the marriage issue and even made marriage a prayer point I love what I love what the elder gentleman is doing there. He has opened his Bible to be sure. <laughs> it's surprising, isn't it? <laughs> like the Berean Christians in Acts 17, right? Yeah. Open your Bible, see it. Is there? It was an analogy to show us that we are lovers of Christ. Christ is our husband. 
That's why Revelation will say, let us now rejoice and be glad, giving the praise to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Who is the bride? The church. The next verse answers it. It says, um, uh, arrayed, the bride is the church, arrayed in fine linen, which is the acts of righteousness of the saints. Pastor Levis, please find that scripture. Uh, uh, Revelation 6. Are you following me? Is anybody catching what I'm saying? So what is the entire thing? Love. Between Christ and us. So a woman is submitting to a man as unto the Lord. In other words, she's submitting to the measure of the Lord in the man. what I said so a man is not qualified to marry until he has a measure of the Lord that the woman can comfortably submit to ladies what's your ideal man tall dark I don't know why they, they, they never want them fair and handsome have a good job have a house in fact we actually preach it that the man must have a job must have, you, you, true or false yeah they ask you does, does, does he have a job is he working we forget that the only criteria is that this man be carrying God there's a measure of God that that man will carry that a job will answer to him there's a measure of God a man carries that destiny cannot elude him. Am I making sense? There's a measure of God a man carries that you know the man is destiny going somewhere to happen. And you are happy to go along because you know the God nature, the God content, the God essence in this man will produce results. Am I making sense? So wives submit to you. Husbands ask to the Lord. A wife has to be able to see the Lord in the husband. Peter makes it clear in 1 Peter, right? Second uh, um, um, Peter, rather, 3. That this is why Sarah called Abraham Lord. It's not, I am the head of this house. You must listen to me. The moment a man begins to say, I'm the head of this house, he has lost the headship. Because if you're the head, sir, you don't need to announce it. I, I, what I say, I am, no, 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 you're, you're not carrying the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? The woman can only make noise when you are not carrying. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? There's a measure of God you carry. And on the man's part, the man ought to love the woman as Christ loved the church. That tells me straight away that there is no ready-made wife. That he might present her to himself, a bride without spot or wrinkle. So there is no ready-made wife. There's no woman that is ready for marriage. It's Bible. There is no woman that is ready for marriage. None. Age doesn't make you marriageable. Pressure 
doesn't make you marriageable. It is a man that finds a woman that his spirit cleaves to and then walks her, conforms her and presents her to himself the kind of wife he expects her to be. So a wife is supposed to be a direct mirror of the expectations and ideals of her husband. That's why over time you hear people start saying, how come you and your wife look alike? How come? I get told that. How come, how come you guys look alike? Because you're supposed to take and form and conform and form and conform and arrange and remove and remove the blemish, remove the spot, remove the wrinkle. And that is what the scripture means when it says that you might present her to yourself. So the version you present to yourself is an improved, enhanced, molded version of the woman you picked. Am I making sense to anybody? Not that you hide the woman because she can't speak English. She can't dress properly. And vice versa. It was speaking about Christ and the church. Because that is what Christ is doing with us now. Jesus, help me please people. We are married to him, but we are not perfect. So he's constantly removing spot, blemish, your little lasciviousness, your small strife, your two and a half malice, your stingy nature, your anger, your bitterness, your resentment. Because by the time you stand before him, he has to present a spotless bride. Do you understand? That is why you are not condemned. Because if you are condemned, what wife will he marry at the end? Who is he that condemns? Romans 8.33 It is the Lord that justifies. He has married us. Therefore being justified by faith. We now have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord but then in, 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 the same, in the same church that is married to Christ that Paul is saying put away uncleanliness from your members do not present yourselves as instruments of unrighteousness but present your members as instruments of righteousness but we are married to him already the letter was addressed to the church oh Jesus is anybody am I in the more sessions I feel like a different I feel like they kidnapped all my more sessions people and then they sent rogue replacements. Am I in the more sessions? Are you getting what I'm saying? All the letters, all the 13 letters of Paul, take away the pastoral letters, the letter to Philemon, the letter to Paul, um, to, uh, Timothy first and second, and the letter to Titus, right? Four pastoral letters, take away them, you have nine letters written to churches. You have Acts, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. Written to the churches. So all the issues, the man that was sleeping with his father's wife in 1st Corinthians was in the church. Okay, only one person heard what I just said. People were getting drunk during Holy Communion. 2 Corinthians 9. 
in the church. Not this one that you drink and you're wondering, have I swallowed it? Or is it saliva? I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. You put the wafer in your mouth and you don't know where the wafer, you don't know where the wafer has gone. And they tell you, you may now eat the bread. You may now eat the flesh. But it's gone already. And I'm thinking, but the flesh of Jesus, you know, you know when Jesus said in, in John chapter 6, he said, my flesh is food indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. And he knew how to wind them up. And they said, are you saying that we must eat your flesh? Jesus never made it any easier for them. He said to them, verily I say to you, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place in me. You're now coming to take communion and you're looking for the wafer in your mouth. How did they break the bread if it was wafer? Because communion was a major meal in the New Testament church. Because people were fighting over themselves, serving themselves before we, and not waiting for others. Second Corinthians is in your Bible. And they were getting drunk on the wine. That means the wine was not a shot. I don't know what brought me here. Is this helping anybody? I'm trying to show you that this thing is love. <laughs> so, so people can check their Bibles. <clears throat> First Corinthians eleven. From verse 17. it's interesting how we, we, we are in church for so many years and we don't read scripture for what scripture actually says now in giving these instructions now so you can see here I do not praise you in other words he was chastising them since you come together not for the better but for the worse next verse first of all when you come together so who are, who are, who are we addressing the church when you come together as a church I hear that there are divisions among you and in part I believe because the Corinthians were very very troublesome you know the issue of head covering was Corinthian church the issue of prophesying and women speaking over men was Corinthian church the issue of everybody trying to form prophecy at the same time 1st Corinthians 14 was the Corinthian the church man <laughs> so he says in part, it's not you people, Corinthians. In part, I believe it. Because he was writing from a distant place. Next verse. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. That's a message for another day. Next verse. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not the Lord's, it's not to eat the Lord's supper. He's chastising them. Next verse. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. So the Lord's supper was buffet Zini, are you, are you following what I'm saying? so you're saying what people are doing is not lost supper because each one is taking his own supper ahead of others and one is hungry and another where? doing what? how many of you had never seen this before? be honest, we're in the more sessions one, two, you have never seen it before 
It's in your Bible. It doesn't need any extracurricular interpretation. It's very clear. Next verse. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? No. I do not praise you. He was chastising them because they were making a mockery of the Lord's Supper. That means the food was serious food. That people were fighting over who to serve themselves and others who were not strong enough were having nothing to eat. And others who were rushing the wine were getting drunk. I hope with these few verses of mine... Are you getting the picture? What was I saying? All the issues existed with the bride of Christ. Are you following? Pastor Elvis, the Corinthian church did not lose their salvation. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? They did not lose their salvation because they were getting drunk on communion. Their eternal security was not jeopardized because they were keeping factions because you know what the blood paid for it but in presenting this bride to himself it's like you went and married a wife from the village paid the bride price came back and after the first night you were not happy with her performance so you send her back to the village and ask for your dowry price your, your dowry back talk to me now and that's what we have turned salvation to that God saved us we, we, you, you messed up God is not happy with you again your performance is not is not up to standard so God has sent you back and has collected back the blood open your eyes people this will change your work with God your work with God so now God now say you know what back to sender give me back the blood because they're not they're not they're not performing to expectation no he saved you he saved you eternally but he's working on you Philippians 2 13 for God's sake for it is God who working in you both to will and to do according to whose pleasure who knows the pleasure who is working it why? So that when the time the trumpet sounds, the bride will be ready. The reason why Jesus hasn't come is because the bride is not ready. So we can't announce the marriage yet until the bride is ready. A bride without spot or wrinkle. Have you found a revelation scripture about the bride? Rejoice and be glad. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. Revelation. <coughs> hey, Father. <coughs> is, is anybody getting this? It's a love affair. Tell your neighbor it's a love affair. Tell your neighbor it's a love affair. Turn to the other person and tell them, Only lovers worship. Only lovers worship. Trying to find that scripture. It's towards the end of Revelation. Have we found it? 
I think it's 19. Oh, you found it. Thank you. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his... Next verse. So we are clear. And to her, it was given to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Verse 9. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are they who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who is the Lamb marrying? The church. Because the linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So by the time we're marrying him in heaven, we're a spotless bride. It's like what I told you about marriage. It was God instituting marriage to show you how to love him. How to submit to him because he loves you. It was God killing Jesus to show you how much he loves you. That's why Galatians 2.20, we can then now say, I am crucified with Christ. He was crucified for me, but I am crucified with him. Oh Jesus, I am preaching. He was crucified for me, not with me, but I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live 21 I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me so Christ came to be crucified for me so that I could be crucified with him and live to him so his crucifixion was to show me how to die to the flesh 1st Peter 4 verse 1 therefore seen as Jesus was perfected in the flesh I made a life in the spirit from verse 3. So also you arm yourselves with that same mind. Put it on the screen. First, first Peter. Yeah, okay, thank you. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Chapter 3 talks about how Jesus was made, he, he, he suffered for us in the flesh and he died in the flesh but was made alive in the spirit. So therefore, when we die with him, we die to sin and we are awake to God. But God couldn't ask you to die for him if he had not shown you how by dying for you. Do you understand what I just said? So God is never asking you for something he hasn't already done for you first. Oh Jesus, am I in the more sessions? God is not asking you to do what he hasn't already done. God is not trying to show you what he hasn't already shown you. Most times, you are looking far for it, but it's here. So all this journey of us with God, scripture coming, us coming together in saints and, and letting the word of Christ dwelling us richly, Colossians 3, 16, Ephesians 5, 18, 19, 20, 21, fellowshipping with one another, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. It is communion and fellowship that strengthens us and removes impurity. Somebody removes a stone from the ground in Liberia or Sierra Leone. He looks at it and he knows that this stone is instantly worth $2 million. But you can't sell it like that. He has to refine it. Make sense? But he knows he has found something of value. That's how they identify precious stones when they see them. Diamond is not caught the way you see it. Gold is not found the way you see it. It goes through a lot of process 
That's why Paul, um, um, Job says that uh, uh, 23 verse 10, for he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. As gold passes through the fire, so has God taken you through. Am I making sense? So you, you're there, you're the rough stone. God sees you, he knows you. And, and in the midst of all of this, you're just losing weight. You're just gymming. You're just running. You're just keeping feet. So that when the trumpet sounds, you can fit into your wedding dress. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? The challenges, the struggles. James has counted all joy when you go through diverse temptations. For you know that the testing of your faith worketh patience. Therefore, let patience have its full work that you may be complete, lacking nothing. So the job of trials are not to kill you, are to perfect you. So that you can wear the dress and fit in it. All of this is God fine-tuning us so that he can present us to himself. What did I start by saying? This entire journey is about love. Is this coming together for somebody? It's a love journey. It's a love journey. And on our part, it's a reversal journey. It's us reversing to God the love he has shown us. So the love God is asking us is the love he has given us to give him. Because as I said 10 minutes ago, God is not asking you for what he has not already given you or what he has not already done. So as men, as women of God, we are called to a love walk. Can we say love walk? I didn't say W-O-R-K, work. Love that's why I emphasize the, the, the consonant love walk W-A-L-K we are called to a love walk a walk of love that's all God wants God did not call us to serve him don't you want to walk for the Lord did you hear what I said did you hear what I said God did not call us to he called us to love but you cannot love without responsibility he asks Peter Peter lovest thou me more than these Peter got offended he was asking how dare you ask me if I love you that was the semantic of his response Jesus said well you love me do something about it feed my sheep how many times did Jesus ask him three times the third time he was upset but master you know I love you why are you asking me this Jesus was saying it was not good enough for you to love me show your love so love is a doing thing love is active love is a verb does that make sense so when we come to when we gather together even as individuals to worship to praise it is an avenue to express the overflow of your love for God. When you serve in church, it should be because you are in love. Because unlike other people who are in love, your own love, you fell in love. Talk to me now. When you give, you give in love. And that's why the only offering God respects is that of a cheerful giver. 
God is not interested in your offering you give out of grumbling or the pledge we forced you to give when we threatened you but your giving should be cheerful so you give out of compulsion because that scripture says not out of compulsion for God loves each other forgiven does that make sense we, 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 we didn't emphasize the fact that if you are not in love with God ain't nothing in it for you don't do it for his lordship not for papa not for reverend not for God's servant but for he who loved us and gave himself for us that is the only time there is reward because God only responds to love did you hear what I said God only responds to because the currency with which he saved you was what so if you get any profit on your transactions it must be transacted with the currency of love so when we worship like this it's an outflow of love this concludes this message thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you for inquiries and further information please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms